Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. I want you to think about who the important people in your life are, the people that you look up to and kind of stand out. For me, that, was, that would be my, uh, my gran and grandpa. My grandpa, unfortunately, isn't with us anymore, but when he was, you would look at him and my gran and you would just see how they lived and you knew that they loved Jesus, you knew that they followed him with all their hearts. And my grandpa was very outgoing. He was a bit of a dreamer, an entertainer. He liked to um, just give speeches to people and talk to anyone and everyone and tell everyone about the stories in his life. My gran is more practical. She brought him back down to earth in the best way possible. And she's very quiet. She doesn't really speak much. But when she does, you know she's got something to say and you listen. And so, like I said, my grandpa loved to give speeches. Um, Every time we would go over, we would sit down at dinner and we'd be like really starving and ready to eat. And he would start doing like the the prayer to say grace. 20 minutes into the prayer, we'd be like, oh my goodness, please, can we just eat? So there was one time we were visiting them on holiday and um, we stayed with them about a week. So each dinner there was either a long prayer or a long speech or, you know, he had to say something. And it got to the last meal, so we knew we were kind of expecting he was going to say something. And he started to launch into saying something sort of along the lines of, oh, I'm so glad we could do this. I'm so, gl- I'm so glad you're all here. And my grand cuts in. My grandpa's name is John. My grand cuts in and is like, John, enough of your speeches. The food is going cold. We're going to eat. And then started dishing up the food. <laughs> and we found it absolutely hilarious. But that's what they were like together. My grandpa was this massive advocate for Jesus would always talk about him we joked it would take him 20 minutes to leave anywhere because we'd chat to everyone but my gran was was practical she she supported him um, but also in her own sense knew when you just needed to kind of get on and eat the food um, and together they um, they just had these amazing gifts that they used for God's purpose they um, did mission and ministry in South Korea and China Um, My grandpa, like I said, talked so much about Jesus wherever he went. My grand brought so many words of wisdom. They have this guest book in their house that they started in about the early 2000s, and it shows how many people they've hosted and who they've hosted over the past sort of 20 years. And it is literally pages and pages and pages long of people who've stayed with them from all over the world. They served faithfully in their church. They've quite literally uprooted several times whenever they've heard that God wants them to go somewhere. And we don't idolise people. We shouldn't idolise people, but we can look up to some people because we just know, um, we see what they're doing, not because they're, you know, necessarily amazing at X, Y, and Z, but we look up to them and just see how they put their trust and their faith in Jesus, and Jesus does the rest. And that's what I think of when I think of my gran and my grandpa. And today we're looking at a couple that are quite similar to that. They're called Priscilla and Aquila. I did look up how to pronounce Aquila. How amazing is the names Priscilla and Aquila? Um, so they had some important qualities that made them amazing people for us to look up to and learn from. So the series that we've been doing is called People of the Spirit. And it's about people who follow Jesus and are filled with his spirit and how we can learn to be like that as well. And that's what we're following today, Priscilla and Aquila. So when we speak about the Holy Spirit, we're referring to Jesus' spirit that he left on earth for us. After Jesus ascended to heaven, there was an event that's written about in Acts 2, where Jesus' spirit came upon the disciples and they experienced incredible encounters with the spirit. And now the spirit is freely given to us, we can carry it wherever we go as Christians. And that's what enables Jesus' power to act through us. When we give our lives to Jesus, we're filled with the spirit and the spirit encourages us to seek Jesus and live our life as praise to God. To live as people of the spirit is to pursue Jesus.
So the passage that talks about Priscilla and Aquila is Acts 18. There's a few verses dotted throughout, so I'm just going to read the verses about them. So starting in verse 1, it says this. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome, Paul went to see them, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. And if we go further down to verse 18, it says, Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. Then he left the brothers and sisters and he sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Sencrea. I should have learned how to pronounce that before. (laughs) Because of a vow he had taken. And then just at the end of the passage, it comes back to them again at verse 24. And it says, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with, a great, with great fervour and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew of the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him into their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. So when I look at Priscilla and Aquila, there's three attributes that stand out to me that I want to talk about today. First is that they're hospitable. Second, they're available. And third, they are guiding to Apollos. So when I was younger and um, living in Aberdeen, we just moved to Aberdeen, and my mum and dad um, took in this guy who was a recovering drug addict. He had recently come clean from using drugs, and he needed a safe space to be away from the drugs and away from the other people using. So obviously my parents have four kids at the time, so they shoved us all in one room, in two rooms with bunk beds, so that he could have the spare room. Unfortunately, he didn't stay clean from drugs and it didn't work out. And he often came home high and would just sit and chat to my mum. And my mum would just be sitting on the sofa thinking, I've got my kids upstairs and this guy is high in my house. Um, As a child, I only remember him being um, a ginger Scottish man who thought our jokes were funny. So I had a great time. Um, But looking back in hindsight and talking to my parents about this, um, he just appeared in our life. We had, he only stayed for, for two weeks. He'd just, we had just moved to Scotland. We didn't know anyone super well. Yet my parents invited him in and gave him vital respite that he needed. And as an adult, um, years later, that image still sticks with me. My parents invited a stranger into my house. And at the time, I didn't really understand the significance of that. But looking back, I was like, whoa, they, they really stepped out of their comfort zone to do that. Priscilla and Aquila did this to Paul. And it's the first notable thing that they did that we see in the Bible, they invited in a stranger. And yeah, there were similarities, so they were tent makers. Paul probably wasn't addicted to drugs or anything like that. But ultimately, he was a stranger and they invited him in, no questions asked. Priscilla and Aquila were led by the Spirit to be hospitable. There's quite a few verses in the Bible, in the Old and New Testament, that talk about hospitality. There's a classic one in Hebrews chapter 13 that says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Or in 1 Peter chapter 4 it says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And then in Leviticus chapter 19, it says, The foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. Love them as yourself, for you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So it's quite clear, quite unquestionable, that hospitality is something that we need to be doing. But it's important that we look at why we do it. As Christians, we're not just supposed to be nice people. We're not just supposed to be hospitable because it's the nice thing to do. Obviously, it's nice nice to be nice, but people who don't follow Jesus can be nice and can be hospitable. So what, what makes it different for us? Our hospitality is because we're asked to serve others and it's for the purpose of serving God. When we think about hospitality and and how we can be hospitable, it actually enables us to let God's plan happen. 
When Priscilla and Aquila invited Paul into their home and gave him a place to stay, it enabled him to go out and carry out his ministry. He had a physical place that he could be whilst he grew the church. He would have relied on that hospitality to do what we saw him do in the New Testament. God's plan was to grow the kingdom through Paul and Priscilla and Aquila let that happen. And God's kingdom is still spreading today and his plan is still to bring more people to know him. And we can enable that too and use our hospitality to bring more people to know Jesus or enable others to let them carry out their mission. God will make his plans happen whether we participate in it or not. We would be silly to think that our actions can um, have that change God's ability to do what he wants to do. But God's plan is to advance his kingdom and bring people to know him. So we might as well be a part of that and be a part of something that God is already doing and, and making happen. And we can enable that to happen. God's purpose for us is also just quite simply to spread love to other people, to spread his love. We have an opportunity to bring people into our homes and into our lives and show them that they have an identity and a value in God that they are cared for beyond anything that they know. The Holy Spirit lives in us, so when we live as people of the Spirit, like Priscilla and Aquila did, the Holy Spirit reflects and and points to Jesus. So when we act towards other people in a way that loves them and serves them, that's because that's what Jesus would have done. Jesus was hospitable to us and invites us in by what he did on the cross. Even when we were full of sin and so far from him, he brought us into, into life and relationship with him. So when the Spirit prompts us to act like Jesus, that's exactly why we have to be hospitable to the stranger, the foreigner, the person that's so far and so different from us. And when we're hospitable, it's a very real possibility that the person's not going to be able to pay us back. They might not be grateful. But again, this is why we're different as people who are hospitable. Because we're Spirit-led, we're not working towards someone paying us back for the hospitability that we give. Because Jesus' sacrifice for us is unconditional. His salvation is unconditional. We don't deserve it and we didn't do anything to earn it, yet he gives it freely. And our hospitality towards people should be the same. It should be sort of a pattern of life that we have that serves others. It's not just about physically opening your homes, although I think that's a really profound way that we can be hospitable. It's, It's also an attitude. So are you hospitable in your friendship groups that to the friends that are more in the outskirts or are harder to get on with? Are you hospitable at work to colleagues that no one really likes? Where can you let strangers into your life and love them and serve them unconditionally? I think also, though, physical hospitality is something that I think is quite relevant and, and should be on our minds right now. We all know what's happening in the crisis with Ukraine at the moment. And unfortunately, a really unfortunate result of that is that people are having to flee their homes, they're having to uproot their homes, and they're becoming refugees. And they need people to open their homes to them. So at the end, we're going to pray, but I really want to pray that some of us will feel prompted to take in people like that, to take in refugees or to invite them into our life and make them feel at home. Refugees have been coming into our country for years now. We've still got Afghanistan, Afghanistani refugees coming in. We'll soon be seeing refugees from Ukraine. And unfortunately, in this country, they're often poorly treated. So I want to pray and kind of challenge ourselves that we can pray for ourselves and for our leaders that, um, in this country that we can have an attitude of hospitality towards people who really need our love and really need to know Jesus. Priscilla and Aquila took Paul into their lives without any hesitation So let's have that same attitude for each other and the people that we come across, but especially for the strangers and the foreigners who need to know Jesus and who are coming and fleeing desperate situations. I think this is something that we'll pray into at the end as well. As we see in the passage, Priscilla and Aquila were also really available for God. In verse 18, it shows that as Paul left to go to the next place on his mission, Priscilla and Aquila just upped and went went with them, went with him. 
And so when I was younger, I had this friend that I thought was really, really cool, and I really wanted to be friends with her. Um, not that she was mean or didn't want to be friends with me, but I was just too shy to like initiate anything. Um, and one time I went up to my, to my room, I was at home, and I left my phone up there, and I got up and I'd seen that I'd missed three missed calls from her about 15 minutes ago. I was like, oh, what is she calling me about? So I rang her up and was like, hi, I've, I've missed a call from you. Did you call me? And she was like, yeah, oh, but I'm really sorry. I was calling you to ask if you wanted to come to the cinema with me and my family, but we've already booked the tickets and, and we're going in, so it's not going to work out. I was like, oh, okay. But inside, I was, I was gutted. <laughs> I'd missed out on this opportunity to become friends with this person, and I was absolutely gutted. Not to worry, she's actually become one of my closest friends, so it, it worked out in the end. But at that point in time, I'd missed that opportunity. I wasn't where I needed to be next to my phone to get that call to hang out with that friend. Um, but in this passage, Priscilla and Aquila are available, so they don't miss out on what God has planned for them. They're ready to go, they're ready to just up and go wherever God wants them to go, even if that takes them away from the comfort of their home and, and on a mission. We have to be available for God to use us for whatever and wherever he wants us to go. God may use us to reach people locally, but it might also be internationally as well. We often sometimes see mission and sort of going out and spreading the gospel as an optional extra to church, but the church actually exists because of mission, because of going out and sharing the gospel, because that's what Paul is doing in the New Testament. He's going out and telling people about Jesus, and the role of the church hasn't changed. We're still required to go out and spread the gospel and spread God's word, and sometimes that physically means going to a different place and, and spreading the word there. As well as being hospitable and, you know, opening our homes and lives to people to come into, there is also some physical action required of going out to find the people that need a home. Again, some classic verses that show that the Bible is full of this sort of stuff is uh, Revelations chapter 7 verse 9. It says, After this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Or Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So again, the Bible is quite vocal about the fact that he wants everyone um, to know him and he wants to be able to love everyone from every nation, from every corner of the earth. And it tells us just how far he wants to bring his gospel. So to be called to do that and to be able to bring that to these people, we have to be available. And God isn't concerned about our ability um, about doing this, but actually our, our availability to do it, and, and he'll sort the rest. Because in the New Testament, it often talks about when Jesus met his disciples, it often says things along the lines of, they left everything to follow Jesus. And this would often, often happen after Jesus did a miracle or Jesus would reveal himself. And this should be our attitude as well. We should be available for Jesus, and then when he shows up, drop everything and follow him. And I think sometimes what stops us from doing this is our own insecurity about not being good enough or being scared about what God might ask us to do or worrying about logistics or how it will actually happen. But Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, and this is talking about God, um, says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. So we don't, have, we don't have to imagine or know what God is calling us to or what it will look like. It's God's power, it's God's plan, and God will get us there. There's a massively cheesy saying, which I'm sure some of you have heard, that I cringe to say, but it really does fit. It says that God calls the equipped. Uh, nope, sorry. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Um, and it is really cheesy, but it is totally true. We don't need to worry about being equipped to go. God calls us. We need to be available and go, and he will sort the rest. In John chapter 15, 
um, verse 5, it says that without Jesus, we can do nothing. But then on the flip side, in Philippians chapter 4, it says, I can do all things because of Christ who strengthens me. So we don't need to figure out logistics, ability, capabilities. We just need to, like Priscilla and Aquila did, be available to go, to do, and to be where God wants us to be. So this mindset of being available and obedient is easy enough for me to stand up here and say, easy enough for us to think, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. But we could all walk out and kind of, you know, forget about that and not actually do anything about it. So to be available um, to God, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to move within us on, in an ongoing basis. It's sort of a posture and an attitude that we have rather than just a one-off event. And there's lots of ways that God speaks to us about, um, about being available or where he wants us to go. And there's lots of different ways that the Holy Spirit can um, intervene and move with us and bring us towards the attitude of being available. But we have to be ready to listen. Like I said, God can speak to us in so many different ways. It can be through other people, directly to us, through his word, through spiritual gifts, or because he wants to have a relationship with us and he loves talking to us. And it gives us glimpses of what his plan is for us. When I was younger, my family moved around quite a lot. And every move that my family did, my mum and my dad would always pray about um, where they wanted to go next or where God wanted them to go next. And um, my dad, it was mostly because of my dad's job. It wasn't because we were in any sort of mission or ministry, but he, he still said he wanted to move so that he could go where God wants, them to, wants him to go and have an impact there. So before um, we moved to Qatar in the Middle East, my dad was praying about this and he was praying a lot with my mum and my mum was praying about it as well. And one night my dad had a dream and in the dream he could see the map of the world and the Middle East is like a little peninsula and Qatar like sticks out a tiny bit out of it. So we had a dream that the Middle East was the face of God and Qatar was the tongue and the tongue was saying, I want you to go and be a voice for me in Qatar. So we upped and moved to Qatar (laughs) with four kids and it was a crazy experience but um and just a little bit of an insight into how that kind of impacted um what happened there was that my dad unfortunately passed away when we were living there and as I said he went there not because he was a mission and he wasn't even really allowed to explicitly share his faith because it was a Muslim country but he was always open about his faith when his colleagues um spoke to him and to use opportunities where he could to be quite subtle about sharing Jesus. And um, so when he passed away, we had this really amazing memorial celebration. And um, he touched his work colleagues' hearts so much that Muslim colleagues came into church. They broke Muslim tradition and came into a Christian church and heard about Jesus for the first time. And like, I don't know what went on to happen after that, but I think that's so amazing that just from taking that step to move from a word from God, my dad didn't necessarily think, oh, this is what I'm doing because, you know, X, Y, and Z. He just was available followed God where God wanted him to go and some amazing things happened and I think that can be the same for any of us. Priscilla and Aquila moved where God wanted them to move and when they moved with Paul they were available to do that and we can do the same but the first thing to being available is to ask the Holy Spirit where he wants us. Someone who's a close friend of our church is Andre Bondarenko and he sent us an amazing video which I'm sure we either saw on the weekend away or in our community groups but for those of you who don't know who Andre is He's Ukrainian and he's been running churches in Ukraine. Um, And as we said, Ukraine is obviously in a war right now. But in this video, um, 
he was explaining how a lot of his um, citizens have obviously had to flee and they're now refugees in lots of different places all over the world. Um, and they're already talking about how in the new places that they are, how they can spread the gospel and how they can use it as an opportunity to start churches there and spread the gospel. And isn't that just insanely amazing? Like they're in the midst of a war, they've had to uproot their lives because of the war and they're already like, okay, how can I use this for God? <laughs> and I just, I don't think we, I hope none of us can understand that trauma because I hope we never have to go through that trauma but I just think it's amazing that we can look up to them and see how they're doing that they're totally reliant on God and they're totally moving for him and his kingdom and in Priscilla and Aquila's case it was an international move for mission that God called them to in our cases it might not be moving countries or moving locations um, but I still think we should pray for that because that's pretty amazing availability to God might just be an availability to certain people. He might want you to go and serve people who are hurting, people who are hopeless, different kinds of people. Um, Wherever it is and whatever it is, God called us to be obedient like Priscilla and Aquila. So I just, at the end, I'm going to encourage you to just ask what that looks like for you. It might be a dramatic upheaval to a new country. That would be amazing. Like That would be really cool. Um, it might not be, but it might also be that you have an amazing encounter with the Holy Spirit and he lets you know in peace that you're right where, you, right where he wants you to be and, and your ministry is here. The last and final attribute that we get from Priscilla and Aquila is that they're good examples of how to be guides to people around us. So we can see in verse 26 that Apollos was trying really hard to be a good preacher but needed some correction. Priscilla and Aquila were the ones to do this and it's a perfect example of how we can be to other people to encourage our friends to build up the church and the friends around us. So the way that they did it was really good. It was in private, it was grounded in the word and it was done out of love and investment. And as Christians, when we have fellowship together and build a really strong community, something that helps us is being able to guide each other. And what that looked like for Apollos was some correction and guidance that pointed him towards God. It showed Priscilla and Aquila's desire to build up someone else's faith. And that's the attitude that we should be having. It's someone desiring to build up each other's faith and guiding someone towards God. Because we have the Holy Spirit in us, as I was saying before, that points us towards God. So when we share our journeys together and we guide each other, the ultimate goal is to point people towards God. And some of the hardest but the best conversations to have are the ones that are needed the most. And I know personally that I struggle with any sort of conversation that's confrontational or a bit kind of deeper than normal. (laughs) But when I have these conversations, either people correcting me or I've got a bit of guidance for someone, it's always been the best results and sometimes they need to happen. It says in Galatians 6.1, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. So to guide people is to love them. Priscilla and Aquila also had the time to correct gently. They would have worked all day, they ran a house church, they would have pastored and led many people, yet they still had time to be really gentle and invest in Apollos. And that's the lesson is that we we take time for people. Because if we're talking about being hospitable for people or being available and going to where other people are, um, when we get there, we need to know how to lead people and how to help them grow in their faith with Jesus. And this is a perfect example of that. I think it's also amazing that there's no hierarchies involved with this, with um, Priscilla and Aquila, because Priscilla was a woman and she freely was able to correct and guide a man in a society where that traditionally would not have happened. And as a church, I think we should respect that true wisdom from God can be given to anyone. There's no hierarchy of who God speaks to. It means we can guide others, but also be guided ourselves in the faith that people around us are encouraging us and lifting us up. 
ultimately, Priscilla and Aquila are such strong people to look up to on how we need to be as a church. We need to be hospitable, especially in this current climate. We need to be available and ask God where he wants us to go. And we need to guide the people that we meet on those journeys towards Jesus.